Welcome to the Legacy Pod. In episode 3, I spoke to Scott Britton, founder of Battle Cancer, an organisation which uses CrossFit and functional fitness events to raise money for various cancer charities. Scott speaks about how he and many others have raised almost a million pounds for cancer charities and how he intends to raise this amount every year moving forward. Scott's story is unbelievably inspirational about how he's mobilised himself, but how others who have suffered from the disease but also recovered from the disease continue to motivate him in his day-to-day work. I hope you enjoy this episode. It was an absolute pleasure to meet Scott and hear his story. Scott, thank you so much for joining me on the Legacy Pod, um, co-founder of Battle Cancer. I appreciate you taking the time, man. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. It's really, really cool. And I'd said kind of off uh, recording, we have a huge budget of zero. <laughs> so every time somebody's willing to talk about us and share, it's uh, it's amazing. So, th- so thank you for having me on. No, it's a pleasure, man. Listen, let's just dive straight in. Um, where did the whole organisation come from? Super long uh, story that I'll try and cut down because you'll get really bored very quickly. Um, but always done loads of individual challenges um, as, as an individual and then some things as groups and really saw uh, a gap in terms of where bringing people together and putting effort into bringing people together can actually make a, a larger impact than me just doing an individual challenge and regardless of like how big that challenge may be. Um, by harnessing the power of lots of other people, the outcome is always significantly bigger. Um, and, and so for me, we, we did, uh, I think, our raising the Titanic, we deadlifted ridiculous amounts of weight. Um, it was really like a concept visual thing of like picking up something super heavy. So I had a goal that you were trying to attain to. Um, and we did it across like 36 locations in the UK. Really, really cool response. Um, and then I was like, right, okay, so that this has definitely cemented it. So I went from one year raising like 300 quid from McMillan yep. to then raising like 36 grand the next year. So it was like, okay, this is where it's got to be. You've got to bring people together to do something at the same time. And I'd really hate running. Like I do yeah. running, I will run. Something's chasing me, I'll run. But other than that, it's... um. I was like, there's just nothing out there for people who do functional fitness or people who just go to a gym and they know how to use a kettlebell or they know how to use a dumbbell and, you know, they know how to kind of get out of breath. Yeah. Everything's centered in and around running or cycling or swimming. So went and decided to, to piece together a concept of everyone can come, everyone can do a certain set of movements that's the same and see it as a challenge and fundraising in, in and around that challenge. And then over the past sort of four years, apart from obviously COVID happening and, and various things hitting us, we've, we've really transformed to putting on fundraising events, but also touring. So we would go to many different places, talk about education pieces. So highlighting the fact that people don't check themselves enough, highlighting how hard impacted certain sectors of, of um, cancer support is. And then also trying to do fundraising and bringing that to other people. So we'd, we'd pop up at big events, do challenges that were again, like let's hit a certain number and just get people speaking and connecting whilst you know doing something through fundraising. And then recently we launched our battle cancer program, which is our first directed amount of help. So it's it's going through charity registration at the moment, which is an incredibly complicated process yeah. on its own. Um, but the, the the essentials are we've agreed we've already got 14 places across the world we fund coaching. So 
the recruitment's happening now for people post cancer treatment to come into a gym and have two classes a week over 12 weeks paid for um, using the base level program that we have for people post treatment. So it's all based in around time domains, safe movements and suggested adaptive movements, depending on what kind of treatment you've had. Um, but we do all the onboarding of people and then we basically fund the gyms to, to put them on for us. And we've got an online version. So the, the online version Amazing. is completely free worldwide. We managed to get about 80 people signed up in the past three weeks, which is really cool from, I think it's like 11 different countries now. Um, so it's small and we're starting to do stuff, but we've gone from me being like, I am so rubbish at fundraising, I can't do this, to, to nicking everybody else's fundraising, uh, bringing them all together and now actually managing to have something that we can see a direct impact of. And it's um, it's been a lot of sleepless nights along the way to, to get us where, where we are now amazing though in, in such a short space of time to have achieved what you've what you've achieved and you know it's almost a million quid you guys have raised already um you but you which is phenomenal but you strike me as a sort of person that you're probably not happy with that you probably want to just oh, no, keep going for as much as you can <laughs> yeah and and for, and for me you know there's there's one thing i always say to everyone like we as battle cancer like haven't fundraised that that's that's something that i'm always really clear on that yeah that's all the people that have come to our events that that's that's the really cool thing so you know i, I see us as a big facilitator and we're the ones that put this on and people come and do it um, but you know how anybody knows about us still you know if i stop someone in the street and say do you know what a battle cancer event is but probably 90 percent chance they're going to say no so for me, it's like we've got so much work to do. And, and especially COVID wrote us off in terms of physical yeah. activations for almost a full year. Um, we did a lot of cool stuff and we managed to get a really cool set of campaigns out. And we went and toured the UK as much as we could, but even that was limited. Um, so we're almost been not back again to kind of have to like, right, we've got to, we've got to keep telling everyone and, and growing. So as much as that's, that's good, you know, we want to be fundraising a million every year. For, for charities across the world and then on top of that i've set a goal for the next three years to have 70 locations so i want seven zero locations that we fund for people post-treatment to come and get free classes which it sounds like a lot of places but when you see how many people have zero support once they've finished treatment it's it's still minuscule it's still yeah. tiny in terms of that problem and so what we want to do is is slowly prove to big gym chains prove to you know gigantic sports brands that you know doing something for people post any kind of medical treatment it's not even just cancer you know it can be people who've had diabetes people who've had heart disease treating and attacking those people in a good way not in a bad way but attacking those people to say look come to us we're not afraid to use you we're not going to treat you with cotton wool we're going to treat you as a human and we're going to get you back to where you need to be that's also the big goal like i'm never going to fundraise enough to put on a thousand places to do it you know yeah. it, it's never going to happen so hopefully we can be a bit of a barometer to show big organizations look this is something that works. It's super cost effective and it's actually fantastic at transforming people's lives at the same time as hopefully one day getting people allowed back in a venue to run around and get sweaty for some, for some charity money. That seems to be a really important point because have you guys found that through the, uh, especially with the program that you're about to go on and the sort of investigation and explorers of what you've done with that, does it help with the mindset that, you know, cancer is not automatically a death sentence? Does it help people maybe think, well, not only can I 
thrive and live after this, but I can actually get back to some sort of meaningful fitness. Yeah, a hundred percent. And it's a fan, it's an absolutely fantastic point that we just don't talk about. So we always talk about cancer and, you know, as awesome as it is, you know, when people go into remission, they ring a bell on a cancer ward and then it's like, that's it. Yeah. It's like, okay, you've, you've survived. And then, you know, I've not died. Cause, cause as you say, there's a, there's an automatic, when you hear the words cancer, you think, okay, I'm going to die or it's going to be a, certainly an accelerated death. And then that's it. Once, once that's kind of done, that, that there's not a what next or there's no real anticipation when you're going through treatment. And I understand historically why that's been the case because it's been the case because we're just concentrating on making sure that you do get through this. Like yeah. that, that is there. But for most people, the encouragement afterwards just goes, you know, forever you're just the person that's had cancer. There's, there's not a, there's no structure. There's no open arms for you. And we're so lucky to have worked with two great sets of people. So, there's a guy called Simon Darby who's, who's in Belfast um, and he's been doing it for three, four years now, using a gym there to, to welcome young people in post-treatment. And a phenomenal man is a social worker, done unreal okay. stuff. And then Colin Robertson, who's uh, our doctor who advises on the program and the system, he has had 3,000 people come through his gym where he's treated them post-cancer treatment. So without those two if you don't live or know them or you don't live anywhere near them you've got no support you've got nobody who's saying to you okay you're through this now but like let's get you back to where you should be Um, and even planning stages so knowing Colin even better now I mean he sits on advisory board for for Health England so you think oh well he doesn't deal with people individually but he does and he will now deal with people who have just been diagnosed and say okay let's start planning for what your movement is what your return to normality and a good quality of life will be let's not wait until you've rung the bell let's do that now and you know you talk about mindset that's the difference don't just think about ringing of the bell let's think about getting back to being exactly who you were and are and want to be Um, and that's again something that we just want to keep inspiring people because it's such a personal journey you go through the more you've got people around you shouting at you and supporting you and telling you this is the way to go, the better that's going to be. But yeah, you know, it's you're probably one of the first people that I've like spoke to that's brought that up as a, yeah. as a big issue that, that it is. In terms of cancer itself, if you don't mind me asking, what what was your um, what was your motivation behind that? Did you, have you had personal experience of people who have suffered from it, or was it was a one particular reason that you chose? to try and focus on cancer? Yeah, I mean, so I, I get this asked, like, so honestly, if, if I had a quid for every time I get this asked, we wouldn't you have, have to fundraise. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the obvious thing to wonder. And yeah. there's a reason that I don't kind of talk about it because I don't actually have that. I mean, I use this really flippant kind of comment that I say to a lot of people about growing up, I was I knew how to behave at a funeral. I didn't know how to behave at a wedding because yeah. I lost a lot of external, whether it was aunts, uncles, cousins very smart people and it was always cancer i always very early associated that oh when someone dies it's cancer because everybody i knew who passed away passed away because of cancer um and then as i grew older and and had like relationships i remember an ex of mine her her uncle who's a phenomenal man like winchman in the ref just great guy he got cancer beat it got back to full fitness and it came back and took him incredibly quick so we'd kind of been through this full range of emotion and then and then my wife like her um her grandmother got it treatment 
survived, came through. Then her grandfather got it almost like months after she finished her treatment, passed away incredibly quick. So it was something to me that there was no nothing on the horizon in terms of a treat of a cure. You know, it's been a long joke, hasn't it, about you know yeah. finding a cure for cancer. And I've seen that it takes young, old, rich people, poor people. It's completely, you know, not discriminatory in that way. And as well, you know, I'm trying to get all big like hippie on, on us, but even if you're super rich, it doesn't matter. It doesn't no, help you. you. You might you might get access to a hospital a bit quicker or a private hospital compared to another, but it just doesn't change things. It does. It just doesn't happen. And, and it just takes willing, like unwillingly or go after healthy people, people who are perceived to be unhealthy. And, and for me, it was like, okay, this is something that is affecting people in multiple ways. And, you know, we often don't talk about secondary effects of cancer in terms of loved ones who've, yeah. who've had to go along that journey with someone else. And again, that's very rare that someone who has a particular condition has such an impact on their family and their friends that to me, I was like, okay, if I'm going to, be annoying people i'm going to be asking for favors i'm going to be emailing a million people i'm going to be doing all the things i can do it needs to be for this it needs yep. to it needs to try and do something in that area but also i kind of saw it as trying to take on the biggest kid in class like you know when there was always like okay right there's all these loud ones he's the biggest yep. if i go after him i'm good the rest um, will fall the rest of all because yeah. it is so big it's such a big problem that's not getting smaller that i kind of found that there's a bigger motivation to to keep going because you know we we won't beat it we're not going to beat it it's you know it's going to be something that is unfortunately not going to have a vaccine it's it's going to continue to be with us for, for yeah. a long time sadly but i see i mean it's i don't want to use the word admirable because that's almost kind of patronizing but the fact that you don't have a connection directly is incredible that you have dedicated so much time and effort into doing this because um, it does seem like the natural thing, oh, I've been affected by it. But you don't have that immediate impact when I think that's even more incredible, to be honest. I think, I mean, it's really kind, but I think it probably also just helps. I, I think it, it's helped me make decisions and it's helped me kind of dissociate so my background was in the police. So I'd been in the police for nine years and, and very, I could very easily dissociate from quite serious things that I saw and yeah. that, that kind of came about. It didn't mean that I didn't think that they were bad, but I could kind of dissociate and then work on this as, as a job and see it professionally. And when it came to this, I was like, okay, this is a passion of mine. And I've, don't get me wrong, like I have now got so many personal connections to cancer. You know, we, we've, yeah. we've met people and lost people. We've met people and been with them across their journey. And we've got volunteers in the team that have had cancer and still having treatment now. And But it, it, it became more of a like, okay, I think because I've not got such a personal tie, I really can do the best job possible. Like I'm not going to break down in a situation. So I, and this is how I used to be in the cops. I was like, okay, I, at a murder scene at a death or whatever like i'm not going to break down I, yeah. I can be professional because it's it's got a detachment so i think i think that has helped i think to be put it on more of a selfish angle as well like it, it's such a rewarding thing like we every time we put an event on it's it's like nothing else and you meet people and you walk past people and you hear them interacting and sharing stories about loved ones and their own stories and now with the program talk about job satisfaction like you know it's i think i'm probably one of the most selfish people in the world because i get probably way more from it than somebody gets from like working in a bank or you know working yeah. 
in, in other areas. So I kind of spin it and go, it's really lovely that people think that, but I'm probably actually a really terrible person because I get way more from I, I, no, this I don't than think anyone so. else. I don't think so. <laughs> I think it's okay to take satisfaction when you're actually helping people. I, I yeah. wouldn't beat yourself up too much, mate. Um, <laughs> it's a good point though, and I was thinking that as well, that immediately when you said that, you, and before we did this, you must have come across so many inspirational people, but there must have been that, bit of sweetness that you obviously do meet people that succumb to it and do pass away and um it, it must be as you said it's rewarding but do you need that detachment before you you know before you get overwhelmed by the emotion of all when you meet so many different people yeah i think so and to use an example we we have a, a team member called hope who's just unreal she's just like the most logistical minded just the hardest working person and she she lost a dad and 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 her, and her losing a dad basically brought her into us like she put on a fundraising event came to came to one of our events and she volunteered and then she's ended up leaving a job and, and coming working with us and and hope sometimes has to speak to people directly who've also lost parents and lost loved ones and i know that she then goes home and that there's there's an additional she's phenomenal how she deals with it but there's an additional weight on her for that day and, and I think for me, I'm always very aware of it, but if I connect with someone or we have a chat or we do something, I'm like, it's always the worst introduction. You know, it's like, it's like I'm really happy to have met you and I'm really happy to have like heard your story, but I almost wish I hadn't met you because if I wouldn't have met you if you'd have had, if you'd have gone through what you'd yeah. have gone through. So it's like a really strange kind of dance that I do when I meet people who've been affected. I'm like, really cool to meet you and it's it's amazing but i wish i didn't have to meet you because you've not been yeah. through it so but for me I, I don't have that weight that that other people do and and you see it take a toll when things start and it, and it happens across all walks of life doesn't it but when when it's something that matters to you something that's affected to you it, it's it's going to bring and you know bring all kind of memories back but similarly it, it's also a way for people to express and, and deal with it and we've got so many people that do our events and volunteer that they've lost loved ones and for them it's like a it's a chance for them to remember them it's for yeah. a chance to do something for some people it's just a chance to not think for a day yeah they're so busy doing something that they don't feel that loss so it, it acts across all spectrums of, of mindsets and, and all spectrums of feelings that someone can come and forget about it for a day someone come and remember them for a day it, it and that's what i love about it and, and that's what's been so sad not having humans be together yeah, 100%. <laughs> i was actually due to come over for the 2019 one in london um sadly work got in the way but because my sister she we lost a father maybe i can't even remember now 12 years ago um and she has run like eight london marathons nine i can't wow. remember, I don't even know how many but i've not done anything and i always had this like i don't like running and she didn't like running either but she somehow, <laughs> you know she got into it and when i saw that you guys did this i thought right that's the perfect opportunity for me to step up and start contributing to the sort of <laughs> legacy of of why we're doing this and then sadly it you know it, it didn't didn't happen but so as soon as you guys are up and running again and covid is a distant memory i'll, I'll be there to um to participate uh, we'll tell you what i'll do you a deal you you come down and bring your microphone as well as competing and then we'll we'll square away a team there's a there's a oh, deal to be had there for there's, sure. a, there's a deal to be had so i mean we we've got we launch our deposit scheme on on wednesday we've been speaking to all our charity partners and and in fact actually fundraising events are starting to sell out people are, are saying look i just want to get my name down 
you know, there's a chance maybe things don't go the way that we're hoping they're going and, and things get postponed. But people are saying, you know, even just for their mind, just, yeah. just to have some structure for the rest of the year, saying, okay, I'm going to pop a deposit down with the hope that this is going to happen. And we're working super hard, like with the plans that with, with the relationships we have with large charities, we, we get little tidbits from the yeah. government in terms of, what they're thinking about or what type of stuff that they want to see should certain ways of events come back. Um, and, you know, we've got an outdoor event in Ireland planned. We've got Manchester and London. London's October of next of this year. We've got Manchester, which is in, in August. And we've, we've worked really hard to have some different things in place, like the wave system. So if we can only have 300 people at once, and I mean, we pick gigantic venues, yeah. we can do that and we can get everyone through and we can still make a phenomenal experience for people. For me, it was like, okay, let's just not give up. Like, let's not say, oh, COVID's here. We can't do this. We can't do that. Let's just do as much as we can as a team to, to hopefully be in the position to deliver something. And, you know, 150 million is how much cancer research, for example, has just lost in the past year. And that's the same projected for the next wow. two, three years. You know, Macmillan's service reduction is, is up to 70% of what support they offer in the community and what support they offer directly to people. It's, it's not for me to be like, oh, I'm just going to sit this one out, guys. Like, I think we all yeah. need to be in this position to to be agile and move around. So fingers crossed, I promise I will do everything I can to get an event so you can come down with a microphone and report and, and give us a proper good review of the day. Hopefully oh, be out no. of breath for most of it, but but give a proper review of the day. Well, exactly. And that, was, that sort of leads me to my next point. In terms of the, the CrossFit functional fitness element of it, what was your background in that? How did you see those elements marrying together to bring people together for events that could help raise money? Because clearly so you're a big guy. So it completely like uh, full transparency with it. I was I was a powerlifter, right? I, I, I oh, was okay. a world level powerlifter. Um, hence the first ever thing we did was deadlifting because I was like, ah, okay, I can right, deadlift okay. a lot. I'm, I'm going to do a deadlift. Um, and then once we'd done that, I spent about a about six to eight months trying to put on like similar lifting challenges that would bring people together. It's really hard. Like powerlifting is so niche. It's, yep. it's very difficult to do. Most people, especially myself, I was prepping for like international competitions. So it got really difficult to do. And then I was introduced to the world of functional fitness and I'd trained, I'd done MMA, I'd, I'd done Thai boxing, I'd played rugby, all these other things, but I've never really seen a structure of like a hit workout. You know, yeah. five years ago, if you'd have said like, what's a hit workout? I would have been like three reps, four reps. I don't yeah. know. Um, not just one. So that, that was like a game changer for me. And it, and I, I just started to go to some classes and it was, it was CrossFit classes and, and kind of put aside the visuals that you get of, of CrossFit and functional fitness of the best in the world. Yeah. Like they're, they're their place and that's phenomenal. But if you ignore the Netflix documentaries and you kind of ignore that, you know, your Matt Frazier's and tears and all this stuff, you will see people that are scaling movements that do all manner of different things together because that's what they can do. Yep. And that's where it came to me. I was like, and also cancer doesn't have, uh, different categories you know it doesn't have a elite athlete it doesn't have a scaled athlete yeah, it doesn't scale just has, no you can't like exactly you know i can kind of just bump this down it's like yeah. no it's not your choice so for me i was like right if the world's fittest can do all these movements fast great 
but I need to even the playing field. So the movements need to be what everyone can do. And then we've worked really hard over the past few years to bring in uh, like adaptions. So instead of having a different category for people who are maybe missing a limb or maybe yep. short of sight or maybe couldn't hear, we were like, no, it, they're not separate athletes. We're all, they're all athletes. Let's just, when they come onto the floor, they can say to their judge, okay, I can't put my hand above my head or I've, I've, I'm missing a limb. Yep. And the judge will have a list to say, cool, not a problem. Your score still counts, but you're going to do this movement instead. Yeah. And and again, that was the big change for us because there's so many events in the functional fitness space that are like, you're in this category and you're in that category and you're in this category. For me, if it's fundraising, we're all in the same category. 100%. And it's an interesting point as well because I think a lot of people get caught up in the whole, I'm not, Matt Fraser, I'm not here, yeah. but that's like saying I'm not going to play football because I can't be Ronaldo or Messi. <laughs> people can still do it for the enjoyment knowing that they'll find the level. Yeah. And I think actually it's probably more enjoyment when you, when you remove that, you know, and, yep. and once you've kind of gone, okay, well, I'm, I'm not going to be that. There's no pressure on me to be that. So just enjoy it. Just enjoy kind it, of yeah. use it for what it is, which, you know, and, and I'm a big purporter in terms of using mental health as a, as a tool, as fitness, as a tool for people who are struggling in, in mental health. And, and a big element of what I always say is like, just from the beginning, remove the fact that you're not good. There's everybody is not good at something. Yep. You know, there's people that are particularly good at one thing. I was like, but you will beat them at something else. I don't know. Put Matt Frazier on, on an Xbox. Maybe he's not as good at Fortnite yeah. as he is at, at CrossFit. Do you know what I mean? And, and helping that will then allow you to use whatever it is you're doing to actually help you instead of hindering you. And, and I think, you know, you, if you, you get to speak to elite athletes, something that's very hard to let go is, is that element of like, okay, these, these people think this of me and I've got to be this level and I've got to be yeah. that level. But it happens to people when they're diagnosed with cancer, you know, they feel they have to act a certain way. They have to be a certain way. Let's remove that. And, and, and it's why everything that happens with battle cancer, be it from the program, from the events, from the way we communicate, I want it to have that shared message of how can it pull through to somebody who's, going through something themselves or, or had loss it's why we believe in empathy and not sympathy it's like you know it's so much better when someone just says i understand because i've been there yeah then then oh you're right i hate that <laughs> like it's the worst thing in the world and you know from the beginning before we recorded i'm also super honest yeah. somebody says like how's your day i'll be like today's been terrible. a pretty bad day <laughs> it's been terrible i'll be super honest and, but that doesn't mean you're necessarily a depressive person or it doesn't mean that you're a negative person but it, i think opening up those channels like really really help so yeah for me i've given you the long wind longest winded answer around that but no, being honest and and removing those kind of constraints that you can put on yourself will help and it's almost if we talk about crossfit specifically one of its biggest advertisers is almost one of its biggest like non-advertisers in the way that you've got these unreal humans that do phenomenal feats, but then people go, Oh, but do I need to do that? Yeah. <laughs> and they don't why can't have someone I do pop- that? Yeah, why can't I? That's the other yeah. thing. Like, yeah, it's because you've got three children and you work full time. Exactly. This geezer gets paid to do this full time. And it, you know, getting that across to someone's not particularly easy yeah. either. Um, but yeah, you almost need someone to just pop up and be like, Oh, but by the way, this is like 10 people in the world that do this. Yep. The other like 300,000, they're all like you. So don't worry. We're kind of... They still don't have bad muscle up, so don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> in terms of like the sort of day-to-day and when it comes to the people you meet, um, I'm sure there's like today, clearly it's a bad day for you, whatever's going on. 
But can you just talk a little bit about, you must meet some amazingly inspirational people that you think, how do you even get yourself in the headspace of wanting to work out? Yeah, and I think, you know, I I often get asked about like, you know, what athletes do you look up to? What, what people do you look up to? And I'm like, there's people that I think, oh, they're cool. They've had really good achievements. You know, like Tom Brady's won seven Super yeah. Bowls. I, I haven't won one, surprisingly. Like, that's an amazing achievement. I think the difference is the people that I've been so lucky to interact with, even people I've not met, you know, people that are just on, on social media or you connect to an email with particularly one at the moment there's one I'll always talk about and I'll, I'll tell you about him really quickly but one at the moment this girl Fran she was a, a coach at an F45 in London um, and what's been phenomenal about her is her diagnosis obviously during COVID is added another layer of how difficult it is to, to go yeah. through but she's like she messaged me and was like can I have some of your programming I was like yeah of course you can and she tries and she does a program in and she, not only with that is she constantly shares and updates like why she has something so if it's a particular type of medication she'll say what it is what the effect is like why that's been given to her and she's just done this phenomenal charting of her entire journey through the bad and the good to, to where she is and I've learned so much from her as an individual yeah. you know considering I've been in this space for like four years it's been unreal. And I try and think, well, okay, I've had a really bad day today. Absolutely pointless stuff compared to things that go on. But I, I haven't during the day educated anyone. I have not shared in a positive way to help others what I've gone through as a bad day. Like, and she does that yeah. all the time. And, and that takes a kind of strength that I can't begin to fathom or begin to kind of work out in my mind because I've not been put in that situation. And I, and I always talk about athletically, there's a great guy called Mark and Mark's a coach at move forward over in Northern Ireland. And he's done loads of our events, really big tall fella. Um, and he had uh, a tumor. So he had open heart surgery to remove a tumor from his heart had another condition that meant he was, it's, just, it's so crazy. He was potentially going to be paralyzed. It was basically like a 50-50 that he'd never be able to move for the rest of his life or the, the or the, the treatment works and you are, but it's literally yeah. 50-50. Um, and he <laughs> recently had to go and have like a little touch-up surgery thing. The next day he's doing squats on the edge of his bed and he's not being stupid. So he's what he's not doing is going like, I'm going to ignore all this stuff that's gone around me and I'm just going to go throw dumbbells around yeah. and do all that. Cause like that isn't as admirable. Obviously there's an element of you going to do something, but he's like, I'm going to squat off my bed because as far as I can bend down is my bed. Yeah. And then like weeks later, he's back trying to learn handstands and he's learned handstand. And then he's like constantly learning how to weight lift. But that mentality of the very next day, to be like, okay, what can I do? I'm going to do that. Like, and I'm going to, I'm going to structure it. I'm going to do it sensibly, but nothing is going to stop me. And Mark, you know, he, he travels and talks to so many people. Not only that, he coaches now people who have, who are going through exactly what he'd been through. Yeah. And he's so open and honest about it. But the days when I think like I can push myself more or someone says like, how do you stay motivated? Like, what do you do? And I'm like, I'm surrounded by people that motivate yeah, me. I, I don't need, I've not got some magic motivation pill. I have so many people that are just constantly reminding me to like crack on because they're just cracking on. Yeah. So I, again, going back to me being really selfish about this entire endeavor, they've made me a better person and a better athlete because they're constantly kicking me up the ass motivationally. And it's, it, it's something that once you remove 
oh, I feel so sorry for that person. Yeah. Ah, get rid of that. Look at them. Speak to them. What are they doing? And they, they're going to put you to shame. Don't feel sorry for no one. But like they're, they're absolutely killing it. Yeah, because it could quite easily go the other way where people would assume that it could be quite a, a morbid or difficult environment to be in. But the fact that they motivate you, people, you know, people who are maybe suffering from cancer or, or any illness are the ones that motivate the other person. Again, I don't think there's any shame in being kind of inspired by that. And it's it's something that you have to change your mind and you have to stop looking at that person as someone who's ill. And, and, yep. and there's a big thing that we don't like to do. And I know there's a place for it, but we don't like to use imagery of people who are very ill and people who are at like death's door. And it's a very sad reality of what happens. Palliative yeah. end of life care is, is what it is. But what we don't want to do is we, we don't want to use that. And we never have. We want to shine a light and talk about people's mentality. Even if someone really sadly passes away, we want to not show that image of them. We want to talk about the fact that they were probably still absolutely hilarious up yeah. until they weren't with us. You know, they were constantly warming everyone up. So Craig, our volunteer, he's had a brain tumor, two, two brain tumor uh, operations, radiotherapy, chemotherapy. Every single time you see Craig, how are you? Yeah. How's ever, how's this person remember, like blessing me as much as he can remember because he has short term memory loss remembers stuff like messages you asking how you are like you know that's the stuff you want to remember not when he lost loads of weight and he was losing his hair because of chemo that's not that's like a separate image that i think is is for another place for us it's about going this guy was running stuff he was volunteering at our events whilst having radiotherapy he was interacting with people who had other brain tumors he was doing all manner of things like that's the thing that you want to focus on not not him hooked up to chemo when, yeah. when he's at, you know, a visual point is lowest. And I think you started to see that across other big charities as well. Like there's been a significant shift in terms of how people with cancer are reflected instead of this, oh, give them money because they're so ill. Like, nah, get rid of that. Yeah. Let's build something so that people can support themselves and grow. Let's not just throw money at someone that you feel is needs it. And I think that's where charity is so difficult because this concept of charity, like what is charity? And I almost see it as we're not a charity. Like we, what we're trying to do is build a structured support yep. system. That's not, charity is almost, oh, I'm giving you something because I feel, you know, and I don't want to feel sorry back. for you. Yeah. Yeah. I feel sorry for you. No, we don't feel sorry for these people. And we, and we will get stuff back. I'll yep. get loads of life lessons back. We'll get loads of like positive, amazing motivation back. It's a two way street. isn't it? It's not just like, Oh, here's a quid. Cause I feel sorry for you. It's, no, let's let's build something together, and I, I think that's that's also how we get out of this current situation. And and hopefully, I can keep reminding people of that and annoying them until they just do it. Yeah, and it must be difficult. And to that point, what what's next? If you assume or if you hope that COVID does sort of improve and life goes back to some sort of normality soon, um, where do you go next? How how big do you see your guys getting and what you know, how do you expand? How do you just keep helping people? So number one in terms of the program, so like the online program has an unlimited amount of spaces. So, you know, we can we can have like a thousand, two thousand, three thousand yep. people on there. We offer we offer a support at the back end that needs to grow, like already having 80 people on there. I spend like the first 45 minutes of the day messaging everyone, checking scores from the previous workouts, that kind of stuff. But it, that can exponentially grow. There's, there's not too much of an issue with that. 
the more fundraising that we get for the Battle Cancer Program, the more event, the more uh, remote locations we can yeah. add. So say we've got 14 at the moment, we want to add more. And we're actually speaking to people who've contacted us to say, look, I just have a gym and I want to volunteer to do this myself. Yeah. Like, can, can I do that? And we've got a great way of supporting them and, and getting them set up. And then the events, like I've got to be super real. Life isn't going to return this year to yeah. what it was in 2019. And that's not me being down or particularly negative. It's just, it isn't. <laughs> There's going to be so much. Realistic. And, yeah. And, and even people's perceptions, I don't know, by the summer, we could be virus free, but people will still be concerned. There will still be things that we need to be sensible and do. So that's why for us, the events, we've moved stuff outdoors. We've got this different system. I just want to get one done. I want to get one yeah. back and that we can we can have it running away, show that it's safe, show that people have a great time, even though it's slightly different. And then I think going into next year for us, I'm working really hard to convince some big old brands and big old people to, to jump on. And we've got fantastic brand partners already, but yeah. I've been knocking on the door across for HQ and finally getting a little bit of the door open. And there's, there's so much that I think we can, like I said at the beginning, there's only so much I can grow this. I need to yeah. get big, big people, big, big like organizations involved to, to open it up. So I see it this year as, as proving that we can get events back. Let's get fundraising back again. And then if I can build the program and convince people that this works, then I can spend the next you know five, 10 years yeah. making other people shout about it as well. So well, we like say we launched the, the deposit system from tomorrow so 25 quid secures your spot it's refundable it's transferable uh, you also get a 10 pound whip voucher with it which you just get to keep do what you want um and then we're hoping that we can just get people's confidence back up to, yeah. to come and do some to do some stuff so i'm like right what else can i do so we're going to do some outdoor challenges we're going to have little mini activations that we're going to run in the lake district we're going to run some up in scotland we're going to yep. run some over in ireland and um, we will be the busiest little bees as soon as boris says you're cool. allowed to go free Amazing. go <laughs> we, we, we've got loads of little things that we want to do so i want you to be sick of hearing us by the end of the year <laughs> Uh, that's that's amazing without getting too political about it and i know that you have to go soon i feel when you mentioned crossfit there it feels like maybe the new direction of the organization has opened that door or could open that door a bit more for the the grassroots side of the sport 100 percent. so i mean like and it's not saying anything untoward but so i've been so lucky to connect with eric and that would have never happened with, yeah with, with with mr glassman um i tried a lot <laughs> and, it, and it never happened um to get a, a real personal call with eric i think we've spent like 11 12 emails back and forth as well Amazing. so not kind of just been like fobbed off um and already he's suggesting some really cool things for us to do there's a lot of work to get it across the line and and see what we can do with it but to have that open and to have such warmth come from yeah. the very, very top of such a big thing, you know, realistically, he could have been like, Oh, it's really cool. What you're doing. Keep doing it. Yeah. You know, and, 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 you know, that's nice and nothing in itself. Um, but to say, no, like, let's think about this. We could do this. I want to introduce you to this person or introduce you to that person, which is what's happened, which is, is so different. And where CrossFit was when everything happened around black lives matter and also just the kind of historic questions and things that were in and around CrossFit um at the time we've been so lucky to get to know people who were CrossFit media staff that yeah. have worked at CrossFit and, and I'm so blessed to know people who are seminar staff that have been there for many many years and you knew that all these people were great so it was like well what what was yeah. happening 
And then all of a sudden, just like one person changes. And then all those people that were phenomenal people anyway, you're already there. They, they just get even more freer. So yeah. Yeah. And, and like the guy's a legit guy. Like he's, he's got multiple charities. He's got a, a fantastic gym. He's worked with so many other people. Um, got a call waiting to go with his, with his wife um, to do some stuff at their gym. So we're hopefully going to have a battle cancer program. At oh, their wow. Gym, that'd be amazing. Hopefully. Um, so again, you know, I never saw Mr. Glassman opening the door like that. Yeah. Not not to let alone me from from England who's just like, uh, excuse me, can I have a yeah. chat? <laughs> it's different priorities, isn't it? And I guess you've just got to be thankful that it's gone in a direction that can actually benefit a, a wider community. And and that's the ironic thing. I don't think uh, as a complete rookie and outsider, it wasn't even the elite side of things that seemed to mm. appeal to previously but no that's amazing that sounds uh, extremely exciting for future so we try and 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 there you know it's it's a big old beast that if we get with us and we talk about doing some cool stuff and we can you know their followers and all manner yeah. of different things it just it just opens up a door and and i said you know and i've said this to everyone i've spoken to at crossfit we're not asking for fundraising money we're not asking for something that's like a gift yep. you know even if you just tell everyone that we've got this program even yeah. if you just sent it out to every affiliate that they can contact us if they want it it's like that's game changing you know i, I can't contact thirty thousand gyms in one go they can so yeah. it's it's things like that that are, that are huge in, in what we're trying to do just access yeah very very much so i i think it's it, that's been a great great positive and certainly it's only really come about in the past few weeks to be honest yeah. from from some early conversations last year um so I think for anyone who even thinks of like, you know, that vision of CrossFit and what CrossFit is now knowing that the person at the top is come at it from a community, it just means that's the direction where everyone's going to go. And I mean, there was an announcement the other day about they're trying to bring like a, a camp, like a campsite, like a tent village to, oh, okay. to the next games and stuff. So they're already thinking, you know, like, how do we bring a community yeah. back? How do we kind of get this stuff? camping around covid i don't know it's a bit different in america isn't it they've, they've got different kind of approaches exactly. to it than we do it's I did not a really like, funny it's not going to be like glass number or tina park where there's a uh, it's not the most <laughs> <experience>. <laughs> and uh, i did a, a podcast with armin hammer um the other day and and he he just couldn't believe what people over here we have in terms of restrictions yeah he was blown away by by it um and so again you know it's, it's an impact on gyms it's an impact on affiliate owners and, and big gyms people yep. across across the country so um yeah if we i think get gyms open i can get more people doing the program i can get my remote programs going and then i can just get an event of some kind something and that and then we're, then we're rocking and rolling. And I think it's only going to be getting better, you know, even with these variants and stuff that they're talking about by autumn, having things that will update. And, and so, so I think now is a time for people to, to hopefully get a bit, get a bit positive and we've survived the rough of it. I, I kind yeah. of said to everyone, you know, if you survive this past year, you're, you're in a good place. So we're, we're, we're ready to like go. I need a haircut, but we're ready to go. <laughs> well, listen, best of luck. I mean, thank you so much for taking the time. The fact that you're speaking to Arm and Hammer, I am no Arm and Hammer. I'm just like, a little guy with a microphone. Um, so I really appreciate you taking the time, Scott. It's you've been, got a microphone. Awesome. You've got a better mic, honestly. <laughs> don't, don't, you've got a way better microphone. <laughs> but no, it, it's it's a it's a, like I said at the beginning, like it's it's a massive thing, and 
I'm busy because I'm constantly annoying people to talk about battle cancer. So the minute then somebody says, can we talk about battle cancer? Yeah. I'm like, yes, of course. Like Let's a thousand percent. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I really, really appreciate. And, and obviously the time it's, you know, it's, it's in the evening. Um, and yeah, really look forward to when this comes out. And like I said, if you promise to bring a microphone down, we'll, we'll sort you a team and, um, and we'll get, we'll get you at an event. Done deal. Sounds good, man. Awesome. Thank okay. you so much, mate. Thank you for your time. Thanks for listening to the Legacy Pod. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, share and leave a review. I'll see you next week for a brand new episode.